welcome to an episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd, and joining me today is Wario Will. Oh, man. Just can't believe that we're already ticking down to the end of April already. Can't believe that. I mean, yesterday, yesterday at the time of recording, we were at 420, and now, bam, we're already like, just one more week away from May. Can't believe huh, that. Huh, money. 420. Huh, huh. Oh, hey, hey, yeah, 420. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks, Steph. Oh, hey, hey, here, here's Telly's Tower. Hey, hey, oh, <laughs> oh, yep, oh. I'm back. I'm still riding the Sonic High a little bit, <laughs> but it's not, it's not complete. It's a possibility to be completely gone. You know, I think Sonic 2 has changed me forever. <laughs> changed you forever, huh? No uh, shadow of a doubt on that? <laughs> That's right. And I'm just on, on, on that. And just on that as well, did you saw that uh, one uh, meme video in Sonic Adventure Battle 2 regarding to that GIF and that, that um, I don't know, that uh, abridged uh, dubbing uh, of Shadow and, and Sonic? It's called Oh, I, I did see it. I actually never, I started it and I didn't finish it for some reason, but yes, I, I am aware of it. <laughs> so, I saw that and I'm like, is this really in the game? And then I realized, like, oh no, it's just the dubbing. And then it's like, it's because it kept just going on. And it's like, you, I hate you. No, you just hate that I'm right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's cutscene. The original scene, truly, the high point in video game storytelling. A lot of people <laughs> will tell you it's the Last of Us. They are wrong. No, no, no. I agree. I agree with you on that one. That that final battle between Sonic and Shadow was just like, yeah, p- pinnacle. That was pinnacle. <laughs> right. You never cease to surprise me, Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, he still needs. He still needs to get that bleeping chaos emerald, though. <laughs> Anyway, we do have an interesting show for you today, including talks about release dates of all things. Shocking, we know. But first, what have you been playing? Not much. Sorry. Uh, been a little busy. I had a con last Saturday. It went well. Not a lot of uh, Nintendo cosplays. Granted, it was a smaller con. So uh, they were a little bit more comic book and anime focused, but uh, I did see an uh, I did see an Officer Jenny. Uh, I saw a male Nurse Joy. Not judging, just saying. Uh, I did see an Aqua from Kingdom Hearts, which has been on Nintendo, <laughs> so I will count that. Let's see what else did I see. I, honestly, there wasn't a lot of Nintendo ones. I mean, a lot of people. I had this big Eevee plushie with me, so a lot of people liked that, so that was good. Um, but yeah, not a lot. I'm not a lot of Nintendo cosplays, but I am going to a major con the, this weekend, uh, Plan- uh, Planet Comic Con. If you're going to be there, I will be at table 926. And make sure you say you saw, you hear, you heard my voice from Nintendo Entertainment Podcast because obviously, uh, yeah. But that one I know will definitely have a lot of Nintendo cosplays. So I'll do my best to take pictures and have uh, plenty of proof of how great your cosplays all are. But aside from that, I just haven't had time to play. I've been trying to get work done so that I could be ready for the con. So I've only been playing uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, obviously. We got the new banner, and I got three out of the four characters. And it took me a while, though. Like, I was burning through orbs trying to get to the free summon, and then in like the course of a few orbs, I finally got th- two of the four, then used the free summon to get the third. So, all good. I mean, for the most part, the, the, this banner regarding to uh, yeah, uh, Ascended Ishtar is definitely an interesting one. Plus, again, with the uh, Grand Hero Battle of Hilda, like, oh boy, if you know that history of Indiana and Holy War, then yeah, it is. I oh, did boy. not, and then yeah. I was hearing about what happened to, however you say her name, Talitu and uh, her children, yeah, yeah. and even Ishtar. Like, I, I thought, I, I remembered her story, I was incorrect, and it's 
it's sad. Also, I want to give props to Fire Emblem Heroes for acknowledging how dark the game actually is at times. Because they did their whole manga series, and they had the summoner talking to Baruka, and he goes, Oh, well, we don't have heroes who have done terrible things, and then they show two characters who have done terrible things. Well, we have heroes that only get along, and then they show Fiorm as Surtur. And it's just like, um, like, yeah, it's not that easy. And then, of course, the like you said, the great hero battle was the queen, the very, very evil queen. So, yeah kind of have a lot of evil in your game by our own heroes. Oh, yeah. I mean, heck, back in the, again, back in the day, even the OG uh, Shadow, Shadow, Shadow Dragon is just like, yeah, it even has its moments. Yeah. Like, yeah, granted, again, we all, we always jab at Fire Emblem being too servicey, too, like, out out there. But yes. at least there'll be times when it, it will respect the source material, and yes, it can get real dark real quick. Yes. I mean, <laughs> let's not forget Ju- Julius and Arvis. And oh yes, I'm quite right. Yeah, Julius was definitely, and again, you always mentioned that the demise of Sigurd, which again, that will be an infamy. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want to see that in a modern. <laughs> like, I know it sounds weird. I want to watch a guy die, but like if they play it the right way, it'll be like one of the most dramatic cutscenes ever, and I, I want to see that. So I mean, like the, the demise of all, like the three main heroes, like yeah, from yeah. uh, yeah, those those three, and of course, like that one that. The, the couple uh, I've got um shoot uh yeah but basically they they were basically got completely offed by the dragon dragon wyverns so yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah so. So. but yeah, not not been playing much and hopefully next week I'll have more time but at this point who knows anymore so what about you Tyler uh it's been quiet for me as well actually um I <clears throat> have at Will's recommendation been playing Thirteen Sentinels <clears throat> on yeah, Switch. Yeah. I'm still in the beginning of the game. I will say, it, I think I like it. It hasn't totally hooked me in the way that some mm-hmm. games do. But you said it's a it's a game that's got a lot of dialogue. The combat system, it's like you're in these giant mechs, but it's also a turn-based strategy game. So you're, it's 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 an interesting game, and I I enjoy the art style, and I enjoy the characters, and I enjoy the story. I'm going to stick with it for sure. Um, but it, it, I can't say I I can't talk a ton about it just because. So far, nine, I've played for like three hours, and uh, okay, okay, two okay. and a half of those were talking, which is fine if you like text-heavy games, but generally I'm more of a you know action guy, but I do enjoy the combat, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely going to stick with that. And then I've also been playing the N64 online service uh, that I said on Twitter the other day, I am rescinding my slander to Nintendo <laughs> back when they announced this originally. The price was too high, the service was awful to start, but I think that they've really turned the extension pass into a incredibly valuable product at this point between the Mario Kart all the N64 games with Majora's Mask being added recently it's and now Mario Golf it, it's become a service that you could easily play 300 hours on you know it's 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 worth the investment at this point so it basically made you a believer it did it did i officially over the initial upsetment so our listeners who were coming at me back in the day can take this one as a victory. Uh, I am, <laughs> I am sedated. Oh boy! I like maybe I, I'm still being slightly cynical. I mean, granted, it now has a very good solid library. Again, as I said, Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, uh, Banjo Kazooie, and all great N64 games out there right now. So, I mean, the only thing that's really missing right now is the original Smash Brothers. Once they have the original Smash Brothers, then yes, maybe I yes. will consider jumping in. That's a great point. That is a great point. It, it, if they add that, which of course they will. 
that does add another multi angle. I don't think they, besides Mario Kart 64, the multiplayer options aren't tremendous on it, uh, so they could expand it in that way. But the reason I really came around was because I looked at my most played games, my playtime, and it's like the N64 is already like my sixth most played <laughs> Switch game, so I'm clearly using it. Mm-mm-mm, right, and I think that, yeah, if, like, currently right now, while while we're in this like qu- like quiet period right now until the next major game, like in the end of June or July, then yeah, like I think this is definitely a good good investment in in your in your point of view. So yes, I think this probably is a good. I think it is definitely a good time to invest in Nintendo Switch Online expansion if you have the money. So yeah, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I barely have time for anything, so I don't, I don't need to get an expansion pack just to play, you know, some games from yesteryear as as fun as it might be at times. So. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not a retro gamer like like ever. ever well, since you've been doing there were this there are there podcast. are games there were games from past <laughs> generations. Hold on, let me speak. I, there are games that I like to play from the retro era. There was there was a time when I would hook up my GameCube and play Path of Radiance and then Thousand Year mm-hmm. Door. That's not retro. It is now. <laughs> No, uh, frankly, I, it is kind of now. I, the PS2 era is definitely we consider retro now. Yeah, I, I completely disagree. I completely disagree, and and I will should debate this because I, this has been debated, and we are very clearly on opposite sides, so we must debate it. Because I look at the retro era, it's 80s and 90s. It's not like retro is an old retro is strictly the 80s and 90s from a gaming perspective. Like once you got into the 3D games, N64, that's I still count that as retro. But GameCube and beyond, like, uh, that's not retro to me, and it never will be. Mm, and like again, the fact that we're already ten years beyond, like from the PS2 eras, like yeah, PS2, GameCube, those eras, like. Again, we were back from the cartridge days. Yes, those obviously back when we were growing up, those were considered retro for sure. And of course, like Super Famicom and all that's Genesis. Oh, yeah, those consoles of yesteryear. But like now with PS2, I mean, the fact that now we're on Blu ray disc, we're on like even mini cartridges here on the Switch, it is like, I don't know, the, the jump in technology, I don't know, man. It seems like the fact that, again, we're that Final Fantasy X is not considered retro these days. It's just like, to some people, it's just, yeah, I- I'm sorry. We're getting old. We are getting just old. Just pull it out to 100 years, though. Like, if it continues for another 100 years, will, like, games that came out 20 years, like, in, <laughs> this is ridiculous, but in 2100, the, that year, will I mean, games that came out in 2080? Be I mean, retro I mean for sure. Like there'll be a, there no. will be there will be a day that Breath of the Wild will be considered retro, but one no, one of these days. Never will. <laughs> uh, I just disagree. Uh, of course you do, and that's why I'm the host. Anyway, Will, what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, just briefly minor as well. Not nothing uh, much fairly on my part. Like the only thing I have been considering on is we're going to. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. yeah, uh, uh, Persona 4 uh, Arena Ultimax basically going on the rankings. So, again, just continuing on the arcade scene, not that doing a little bit of story, uh, as well as just continuing on my white ring, uh, ring fit adventure just briefly. But again, I need to get back on it. And just a reminder never skip leg day, people. Never skip leg day. Just as a quick reminder on that. But why I do leg day at all. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, it has been generally quiet as well. I mean, since I, I completed a Kirby and Forgotten Lands, it's just like, yeah, it's now back to the quiet period, or just like go back to a current backlog. Like, yeah, I, which now, I think now is a good time to go back to backlogs right now. So yes, it is. I think it's about buying the world ends with you. 
um because that yes. has been on my backlog so if, if after i finish 13 sentinels i'll probably be playing that yeah i still gotta do the golden root and pat and octop and uh triangle strategy i just been so busy but hopefully mm-hmm. thankfully after this this weekend i don't have another con until june tentatively so that could that could help me out a little bit so we shall see all right then since we have nothing left to talk about we shall go forward onto the news where a very big topic dominated our week so it's time to go down the warp pipe and of course i am talking about Star Fox Zero Switch port. Yes! No, definitely, definitely not. Uh, we'll get to that later, thank God. We're talking, of course, about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Mm. Yes, because not only did we get a brand new trailer for the game, we got a updated release date, and ladies and gentlemen, it's not coming later. It's coming sooner! <laughs> For the first time in video game history, okay, not really, but it feels in like a long it. time. In a it long feels time, like it, a AAA major title has actually moved up its release date. So instead of coming in September, as they revealed in the original uh, reveal back in uh, February, Mm-mm-mm. we are now getting it in July. Oh my lord! All right, like. like... It's just crazy. Like, okay, you, you set us up for September. Okay, okay, it gives us some good time. Okay, I, I gotta go back loud. Nope, we're, we're we're doing this two months or two months. Yeah, that's yeah, two months more earlier. It's just like, okay, great. Now I gotta for people who have to finish up the Chronicles do any back like, oh great, uh, you want us to to kill us in the summer because like yeah, Nintendo's really starting to really build a big arsenal this summer. Yes. Yeah. And it would have been one thing. It was like, oh, we're going to, you know, hey, we're going to reveal the true release date. Okay, that's fine. Oh, hey, we're moving it up a week. So instead of September, it's in August. Okay, that's fine. No, we're going to move it up at least a month. It's coming out now on July 20... Crap, I just saw it. 29th. 29th. So we are technically only uh, three months away. Yeah, April, May, mm-hmm. May, June, June, July. Yeah, a little over three months away from the game's release. So... Yay! Yeah, it's just like, okay, okay. Summer's really packing out. So now that opens up what's going to be, what's going to hold that September month for. Like, that's what I'm curious about. And yeah, like, might as well, well head to the trailer, uh, Todd. Like, yeah, like, I think everyone here has saw the trailer, yes? Yes. Yes. And yeah, I'm just like currently looking at this trailer once again. And like, all these nods, like, to obviously all from it almost pretty much is an entire uh, a tri- uh, accumulation of all Xenoblade Chronicles games from like yeah for even including X just how much is like referencing too and of course like they show a little bit more of the story different enemies as well as like the new like new features which we'll get into a little bit but yeah just this trailer is like yeah they're really packing it to the punch like yeah, it's I, so much I burn. want to note that I understood every single thing that happened in it I was not confused about a single thing I was just kidding I, I understood nothing of what was going on let's just it was very much one of those just nod and accept that things are happening kind of thing yeah this is lazy podcasting by us but this is one where I'm just like I'm gonna let somebody who's more of a Xenoblade fan <laughs> do all the hard work on this one I'll let them tell me all the things I missed in the trailer yeah so, but yeah, there. This what we found out is that there is a group of people from the two different nations, which is not surprising given past Xenoblades, and they are now having to come together to fight uh, evil, 
let's just anime it. Anastasia, Anastasia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fight evil and naturally through the power of love and friendship they unlock a brand new power and actually this is one of the key things about this because we now know that this is called interlinking two of the members will be able to come up come together and make a mechanical form known as the ouroboros and this gives them new abilities and special powers that they can use in the battle and then each one there is a specific pair that makes a specific Ouroboros. So, for example, we have Noah and Mio, who were the flute players of the original trailer. They make an Ouroboros. Then you got Lance and Senna and Yune and Tyon, who can also pair up to make an Ouroboros. And then as they show in both in the trailer and in the uh, Twitter s- screenshots that I put up on another recent article, they each have their own different forms and looks and abilities. So, uh, yeah, basically they Pacific Rim to this thing. <laughs> really? Because, tell, like... Tell I- me I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, I was, yeah, like, they, I, I see where the Pacific Rim reference came from, because, again, with two pilots and all that, like, at first I was thinking we're going to, they, they're basically going full-on Digimon, we're going to the whole bio merge, like, basically two fusing into the new form, but I'm just looking at the trailer right now, and, like, oh, yeah, if you gotta do, like, like these mechs and scales, like, I'm looking at the main um, Ouroboros form, and basically, it is full-on Evangelion. It is full on Evangelion if you, you if go. you can see the form, the tributes. So yeah. yeah, it's just like the purple purple scheme and that at home. Yeah, that's full on Evangelion. But I digress. Yeah. You but, digress. <laughs> it's just like yeah, like the forms itself very reminiscent of the scales of the mechs from from X. But at the same time, it also kind of gives a little bit of tribute to the blades as well, like the um, the basic blades, not like the unique blades, but the basic blades of uh, Zuma Chronicles two as well. So overall, it's just like. Yeah, I could see like the and these are just like the three main combinations. Like, can you also com- like fuse with other teammates? That's one thing I'm curious about. They, as well. they implied technically that there are more to come, including with the uh, the no ponds, which sadly yes, make yes, their yes, return. yes, yes, yes. I yes. cannot stand the no ponds. I just can't. Um, but they do return, and two of them will be in your party and can do their own fusion of a sort. Apparently, yay. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious about this. But apparently, not unlike uh, I'll use Digimon again, Fusion Evolution. Right, right, right. right. They they have a specific partner that they can make their particular Ouroboros with. So, uh, for example, with Lance and Santa, they have an Ouroboros which is good for protecting, uh, is is a good defender, but also can land powerful attacks. Then you have uh, Yune and Tion. They have one that can they can revive fallen allies all at once. And then they have, uh, of course, Nia and Mio, who have their own one that are, is powerful and has a massive sword that they can use in battle. So they're they're making sure that each one is unique in its own way. So that adds into the, the thing I really liked about the gameplay is that we're going to have a much larger party and apparently a lot more <laughs> variety of combo attacks that we can do. So because you because in the the original game you had a party of three. Then with uh, Zimbabwe Chronicles 2, you had a party of three. Same with X. But this one, you're going to have like six to eight on the battlefield all at once. So that's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of controlled chaos you're going to have to work with. And I actually appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's like from the way they, they present it, it's basically a very squad base. Like there is a team of like four and like uh, teams of four. And you can basically like it seems you can switch out regarding to like how your tactics can be. So very reminiscent of like... um. I think it was like there was this one game that actually you can make commander squads, but I've, I forgot the name. But yeah, it definitely shows off that new combat system is definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, whatever, however we it works, I can guarantee you it's twice as complicated because Xenoblade's battle systems are always complicated. But mm. I do think, based on how fun twos was once you got to the bottom of it, I I expect that this new system will be really satisfying to master, and I hope that they've learned lessons in mm. teaching you how to actually play within. Um, you know the conflict, the game. Basically, take your feedback, Tyler, from the beginning, and then yeah, like yes. make the they make the tournament at least much more comprehensive. Granted, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, I, 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 and then of course, with, then another thing is like, wait a minute, would not the Ouroboros be something that's kind of overpowering? No, you have a time limit. Yes. The more you use it, you actually overheat the the mech, and because then you'll split back apart. So you have to be careful when you when you do it. Not unlike how you have to perfectly time your combo attacks in some of the other games. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So there's that that limit, and I, I'm not sure like if you also pa- pause the trailer at, at the right moment because like obviously the Xenoblade Chronicles love their references, and if you pause in one part of the trailer, the main the main protagonist he has like a blade that looks like the the Monado and the and the Aegis Gauntlet. You you saw that part, uh, Todd? Have you noticed that? I I I saw them reference it. I didn't get a, I didn't see a full on Monado, but that might not be what this game is really about versus what we have with Rex and, and Shulk. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like looking at the design right now. I was like, okay, I wonder how many more references they're going to pick because like, you know, Monosoft, even like they even contribute to like the Xeno saga, which they, they were a part of. So like, I'm just really looking at like really dissecting this trailer right now. And yeah, this thing is just like, if you're even if you're like a new new Xenoblade Chronicle fans here, like if this is gonna be your first game, by all means you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna fit in no problem. But if you're like a long time fan, like from from like the first game to now, is just like yeah, you're gonna find a lot of things to appreciate about this game. So just trailers, just uh, yeah, it's a good time to be a Xenoblade fan. It's a good, good good time to be a Xenoblade fan. I saw on Twitter someone actually laid out the three covers for the main Xenoblade games. Not in oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was interesting because the first one is just the blade, and I think it was Bionis in the background. The second one was uh, Rex and Pyra looking at one of the Whale Titans. And then the third one is the Whale Titan with a Bionis sword surrounded in front by the party. So it's just showing how it's progressing from title to title. So that, that that was a really, that was a nice little story element right there. Yeah. Because again, this is the this is like the third this is the third world. This is the fused world. So we're seeing all the references to one and two in here from the winged folk to Nia's tribe and all of them and then of course the the whale titan and Bionis sword. So yeah, and who knows what else we're gonna see in here. But I uh, do hope that they keep the stories I hope three stories self-contained enough. Like I like the little Easter eggs. I like the references. One and two have such complicated stories that I think for new players it would be very hard mm-hmm, for them to pick mm-hmm, up on mm-hmm. everything. You kind of like depended on knowledge from past games. So I think that they know that and that they'll steer steer away from that. Um, but I I don't expect it. I don't expect the storyline between one and two to get that to be that key to understanding three. I know what you're talking about. I thought the games were incredibly straightforward and all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just to uh, like wrap it up as well. Like at the end of the trailer, they also announced on their Twitter is like there will be a special edition of this game as they did with the past two games. Unfortunately, this will be exclusive to the My Nintendo Store, which, as you know, people are going to be ready and waiting, myself included, to get this special edition. Yeah, uh, and like 
As for what's yeah. in Special Edition, that would be an art book from uh, Masatusugo Saito, a full color 250 page hardcover book, and a steel case. So, but there is no price revealed as of yet. I mean, if any track record from the the, of the previous special editions, I think we could easily go for a hundred dollars because, like, with dread and all that. Because, like, even like the Zimbabwe Chronicles X special edition, like, they, at least they had like a an extra a USB with the, the music in it. But this time, I don't see like a music soundtrack. Which, I if they had a soundtrack, that probably bumps up a bit more. But it's just a simple art book with the steelbook case. So maybe a little bit less. Who knows? But... I don't know about simple. It's two hundred fifty pages. But okay. 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 I hate that <laughs> I hate that I get priced out by some of these special editions when the price gets up to $100 for one. So many of the things that they add are awesome, but it's just like, ah, oh, I can't actually spend $100 on this. And, and if I had more money, I would probably be in line for all. Oh, yeah. if, if we were all rich, we'd, all, we'd get these things in like a heartbeat. But for, <laughs> for something like this, you really have to ask, you know, is it worth it? The only special editions I've ever recalled actually getting were, I, I mentioned this before, Skyward Sword, because I got the Golden Yep, 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 same here, same here. In the 25th anniversary CD. And then I got the uh, Fire Emblem Fates uh, special edition, which had all three versions of the game and uh, a little bit of an art book and a carrying case. And I was just like, yeah, why not just save 20 bucks and just get everything all at once? So I don't, I, I'm, I, I can appreciate an art book, but if I was to get that, I would want it to be like, it to be something that I'm looking at all the time. And I don't think I would do that with something like this, not for dread, not for Pokemon, not for Zelda. Yeah. 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 And like, even with like the, the last one with Zinfra Chronicles two special edition, it, it was, uh, again, it was a substantial with the art book and music and all that, but granted, like, the special editions definitely can vary because, like, um, not to go on, on top on special editions, but basically, like, the, Sh- the Shin Megami Tensei, a premium edition, like, before it was, like, everyone's trying to get that when it came to release, like, 120 bucks or so. Now it's dropped down to, like, uh, almost to 70 bucks now. So it really depends on, like, how much the demand it is, plus if it's wearing quality. And that just re- just bridging the topic, like, uh, like everyone knows about going to the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Shredder's Revenge, and that that uh, special edition just got announced, and that thing is currently at now ready for pre-order at one hundred fifty dollars, but it has like art book oh, CD. Oh, that's gross. It What's was like the game uh, going to cost like twenty bucks, right? Uh, about, but again, from what they sh- like show up, it's basically art book, acrylic stand, music. Like unless you're like a die-hard Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, like a certain uh, colleague of ours, ours here, then yeah. It is clearly overpriced, but then one one is from Konami, and secondly, again, they they will be a lot. There, it's just if you're a big teenage mutant to for us, they got they got a lot of uh straight A voice acting here. So, unless you're like an absolute diehard fan for these uh, special editions, or if you just want to be a collector and just like resell them, I don't know if you want to do that. Then yeah, it's definitely it, it's definitely a question you want to ask yourself. Am I a, that diehard to get this thing? Yeah. Yeah, some people are collectors and some people aren't. That's just the way it is. I collect some things, like comics and certain statues of things that I like. But, for example, my Ike statue should be coming in July. Right. <laughs> it's coming. It's I've coming, only been waiting yes. like two years. <laughs> I, I, yeah. that's, that's why I used my bonus money on that, because I'm just like, am I really going to be waiting for two years on this? And I'm like, yeah, so I might as well spend the bonus <laughs> money that I got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. I mean, again, it'll be worth it. I mean, again, I'm looking at my Lynn figuring right now, and she looks very nice. I, I'm pretty sure you will appreciate when I, you're here, I comes in, so yes. <laughs> I will let you know, and I will, I'll probably change my profile pic for, like, the first time ever to let it be Ike. So, 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I have a question for you guys before yeah. we move on to the shoot next it, shoot I just it. want to go back to the Xenoblade for a second. Why do you think they moved it to release date up? Do you think that they canceled or they delayed something? Or do you, like, just what's your theory? Hmm. Like, it, it, it is odd, isn't it? Because this is like, hey, we're moving this up over a month, even though we told you earlier it's September. So something, honestly, I think something just went right. Like, they didn't. I know this sounds odd, but like they didn't find as many bugs, maybe, or they were just confident that they could get it done in time, or you know maybe Nintendo just felt, hey, we have the spot open in July. I know Will was complaining on the Discord about Live Alive, but you know that's a remake. That, that was. I, I would be mad if I was Square. Like I'm very. I I think in the reporting on this has been very accurate the entire way. That's why I kind of believe it. That Xenoblade has been done. Like they could release it. Hey, I think it's finished based on i think last september people were saying that game is just right, all right, done right, ready right. to be released and they're just waiting to figure out them. um and so i think that something got delayed i think it would have made sense for them to do splatoon 3 in july because that's when they did splatoon 2 uh and i wonder if that got pushed to september but it Maybe. doesn't really matter either way they can yeah. stagger it however they want but as long as long as the, as long as Xenoblade is quality, then it really doesn't matter. Exactly. It, and clearly, they had faith enough in it being done, like you said, to move it up to July. And maybe they do want to spend a little more time on Splatoon because of the online features or something else that they've got going with it. It's hard to say. We we never had a definitive Splatoon release outside of uh, uh, summer of this year, not fall. Will summer? Yes, yes, yes. Although, if it does get moved to September, that would put it in the fall. <laughs> so you, know, you, you still have a chance for that point but yeah I, i'm just happy because it's like and we're gonna talk about this in the main event but we've had so many games get delayed mm-hmm. uh, not just nintendo games but like all games you know all these like oh we're moving this back and even and movies have been getting delayed yep. out the wazoo yep. i apologize to all you spider-man fans out there <laughs> i had to write about that for one of the web, my website jobs and it's just like oh man that was supposed to come out this year now it's getting way pushed back so it's good to hear people say, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not pushing it back. We're moving, we're moving it up. We want you to have it sooner." It's a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, go and check out our articles about it so you can see more. We have picture of the special edition and let us know what you think about the release date. Why do you think it got moved up? And of course, are you gonna get it? All right, next up, this is actually a wholesome story, and it has to do with the recent Pixar movie turning red a movie that has actually charmed quite a few people since it's come out and uh one of the big questions when the movie came out uh even when the movie was announced was why did they go with this kind of visual art style because it was very different from past pixar movies and so they were like why did they go this particular route well apparently the uh director of it wanted to mimic what she and others remembered in their early gaming days this comes from uh domi she and she goes both of us just love that chunky cute aesthetic and that was well stop it i don't need your sound reactions for everything uh <laughs> I'm sorry. I like. I mean, Will honestly does this so much. He and... does. He does. That's why I was laughing. Because like, I... sorry, sorry. I will pose. It is. It's white. It, no, it's Will noise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, both of us just love that chunky, cute aesthetic, and that was definitely fostered by playing Nintendo games like Pokemon, like Earthbound. There's just something so appealing about how they are able to stylize their world in such an appealing, chunky, cute kind of way. When we were 
looking at the looks of sorry the looks development of our movie we looked at breath of the wild and we were like wow how are they able to make the world feel so beautiful and rich but are able to simplify it and i like that because i've been asked especially recently because i'm doing a comic thing um like where do you get your inspiration from? And I I tell them I get it from everywhere. I get it from TV shows, from video games, from just real life experiences. And this is a great example of that. They remembered how cute and chunky everything looked with Pokemon or Earthbound, and how majestic it looked in Breath of the Wild. And they went, how can we mimic that in our film? And so don't don't knock the power of not just video games, but where inspiration could come could come from. Because someone could say, I like that look, and then they turn it into something of their own. And that's really cool. You know, it's really funny. When I saw Turning Red, I didn't create that connection to Earthbound at all. But after mm. reading the article, I can 100% see it. Like, it's yeah. the inspiration. is. It's almost like, how did I not see it before? Well, it's because it, it's because when you think of Earthbound, what do you think of? You think of the 2D pixel graphics. You right. Don't, exactly. you don't, and you don't yeah. think of a giant red panda. <laughs> and I don't think of, of Pixar watching Earthbound, right? I would think yeah. Pixar is like, you know, Earthbound is a incredible incredible story and this is honestly validating i think to me as like these great artists recognized that these stories and this aesthetic were were valuable and they replicate them into this massive hit movie so many years later yeah but yeah no it's cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah like when, when i saw the stories were going to yeah this thing basically takes tributes from like old games like earthbound like yeah now now i see it there just because like it has that retro chong style like Almost up to the point, it reminds me of the old Peanuts cartoon, like yeah, just like that reference. whole that similar style of like yeah, big body, but like a simplicity, like those old retro style ca- cartoons that you know and love. So yeah, now now bring it to this to uh, turning red. It's just like yeah, like a good tribute in a sense. Yeah, I want to pause really quick because of uh, of something really weird I heard on X Play. This has to deal with you, Tyler. Have you ever heard of some of the more unique story ideas of what actually goes on in the Mother series? Uh, oh, am I familiar with the <laughs> yes. series? Yeah, very, very. So, so, so you've heard like some of the weirder ideas of what actually goes on in the story. In the story. Oh no! Go ahead, elaborate. Okay. Well, a- as many of you out there probably know, there are times when gamers, rightfully so, try to look beyond what is being said in video games to extrapolate what the story actually is what the basis of things are and so on like you might remember the indoctrination theory of mass effect 3 about how what was being said by the admiral didn't line up with what actually was happening in the game so oh Shepard was clearly indoctrinated um there are theories out there and this was talked about in x play that the real reason that the game is called mother in japan is because all of these games are actually extrapolations of a being within a womb and you are playing the character that's actually trying to kill the child that's being born. <laughs> that child being Gigas, among other things. It's so Very weird. Like Frost well, was the one like who the brought this up. Because like in Earthbound, the final boss has like the, a fetus. Yeah, exactly. It just is a fetus background. Yeah. But yeah, there, that has been explained. I think that whole thing was like Mare. Or the the uh, Shigashi Ayatoi was watching a horror movie, and that was where he got that inspiration. From. Okay, I like that. that that's just so much. Yeah. Like even Frost was like, "Did you hear about this, Gerard?" Shout out to Gerard. Uh, I was like, "Wait," our and friend, I remember like someone our did dear this. Friend, Gerard, our dear friend Gerard, our dear friend, our loyal fan Gerard, the completionist, totally listens to every episode. Totally, because after all, he's a completionist, so he has to Thanks listen to them all. Yeah. 
Uh, but like I, I remember someone doing this with Majora's Mask, and it was just like that's really weird, but it also makes sense in a kind of way. And then when I heard it's for Earthbound, I'm like, that's really dark. <laughs> But then again, it's gaming culture, so what are you going to do? I mean, the fact that a lot of these games, like, again, Pokemon is, like, has its grim reminders, and of yes. course, like, the grim realities, and of course, like, again, Kirby is a world, a universal world eater. Yes. And it's just like, you you think that all of these games, oh, is that for cutesy entertainment? No, look deep into it, look deep into the boy, and the boy looks back at you. It's yeah. like, it, it can, has a lot of scary things. Yes. And, of and of course, for the Pokemon anime, the all-time classic is that Ash isn't actually doing his adventures. He's in a hospital bed after getting electrocuted by Pikachu during the Sparrow attack, and he's just dreaming subconsciously what he would like his Pokemon journey to be if he ever walks up. That's not dark at all. Please, <laughs> way to go Grim's Fairy Tale on us, then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And yet, and yet he, as I noted a couple weeks ago, uh, in the latest Pokemon Journeys episode set they talk about how ash is 10 years old how is he still 10 years old and thus theory becomes more real now don't it <laughs> all right moving on to something will is very happy about shin megami tensei 5 uh take it away will yes so over like this past uh, week at the beginning of the week uh, atlas has officially revealed that shin megami tensei 5 has officially sold over 1 million years worldwide that's including with digital sales and if i also check the source correctly it also is the the best selling entry of the series so to date so yeah oh not, not just basically a simple sales news but know that that only 1 million units it, it is part of the 1 million club now it's just like Okay, I'm happy for as a Shin Megami Tensei Five fan is, just, and of course they celebrate with a special art art piece by by the character designer director, and yeah, uh, like I'm just glad that people embrace the godhood to say the least. So yeah, overall, like here's hoping that like this sales unit also shows that like arguably the story itself is kind of like hit or miss, but I'm just glad like many people really are giving Shin Megami Tensei a, a chance to to shine. So props to everyone who bought this thing, myself included. And yeah, here's hoping that um, the series gets a, a bright future as to, as we head into Shin Megami Tensei Six. It's like you want to talk about stories that don't make sense. There you go. Tell me I'm wrong, Will. Yeah, Shin Megami. Yeah, <laughs> tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that that story makes sense. Uh, so I, I did not complete the game, but I cannot tell you you're wrong based on what I. It I, I enjoyed it, but I did not understand. It was definitely complicated. I like I did like delve a little bit into it. It was definitely our like the the story was definitely a bit more on the weaker side of things. If anything else, it's not like obviously not like Nocturne. So like it, it's definitely a debate. SMT four but... had a tremendous story. Oh, oh for sure. For, for like again, it had two games with it: Shin Megami Tensei four and Apocalypse. So yeah, it definitely had enough to to uh, expand on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so yeah, congrats to them. And that is yet another third-party game which has done very, very well on the Switch. And hopefully we'll hear about Triangle Strategy crossing uh, 1 million in a bit. I was actually doing a podcast earlier to promote something, and uh, the guy, the host actually played Triangle Strategy. I'm like, level with me here. Isn't Scales of Conviction a better name? He goes, yeah. <laughs> Justice! <laughs> All right. Uh, now for a more serious issue, which I know it's it's so weird that we would do such a thing on our on our podcast. Uh, a Japanese worker for Nintendo has claimed that Nintendo prevented him from starting a union. Uh huh. Not exactly something you want to hear at all. 
Uh, so yeah, it was a, a an unnamed employee. The staffer claimed that Nintendo of I'm sorry, it was Nintendo of America and hiring firm a Aston Carter violated their legally protected right to unionize. Huh. Uh, Nintendo has replied, says that the complaint comes from a contractor who was previously terminated for the disclosure of confidential information and for no other reason. Uh-huh. The company added that it intends to cooperate with the investigation conducted by the NLRB. Uh -huh. I am 100, like, this, we, we don't know the full story. Which is true. Nobody should draw any conclusions until we actually have the facts. I do, like, out of Amazon's recent union war, right. <laughs> the way Amazon has acted in their case is so slimy and disgusting that I hope that Nintendo just would not stoop that low, you know, if it do wrong. I would, I would much prefer them to just come out and try to amend it. Right, right, right. I know, like the 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 idea of unionizing within the game industry, because like, yeah, like it only was recently that like, we're having this issue right now that now people want to unionize, and again, they should because again, protect the workers and all that. Sure. So this kind of issue, let's just hope that it turns out better for Nintendo and for all parties, to say the least. So yeah. Now, if this if this is a guy who you know was fired and is just trying to retaliate. For you know, no good reason. Then yeah, I'll throw the book at him. You know, that's fine. But if this was a case of Nintendo abusing their power, like we have seen so many companies do, that's gonna hurt him. That's gonna hurt. Him. Now, granted, I, I think we can all agree no one is as bad as Amazon, but uh, that doesn't mean it's not terrible that they potentially, potentially did this. So hopefully, hopefully, Nintendo is not as guilty or guilty at all. Of what is being claimed, but we will have to wait and see to find out. All right, next up. Uh, okay, this was actually a leak that happened. Apparently, Nintendo Switch Online is going to be getting some GBA titles. Yeah. I can feel your enthusiasm. <laughs> I do I mean, not... talk more. You could you throw us off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do you don't want to hear my affirmation noises again? So <laughs> no, I'm I don't. Quiet. But I, I, but I do right. want to hear noises that are words. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like we're going to this this uh, quote unquote leak. We're going to getting uh, Game Boy Advance games is like if this can be adding into the, the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack or so, then by all means, this, it actually will be much more well worth it to like jump into that high price range. Like, like what are like there are a couple of very good uh, Game Boy Advance games in the library that I can imagine, like the Golden Sun games and all that. So if they can, if this this news is true, then yeah, this is, I think, a, a good solid win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I heard about this. At first, I didn't understand that it was a Nintendo Switch. I thought it was like an emulator. Um, but apparently, no, they are going to be bringing in a bunch of GBA titles. And some of the ones they, that they're naming are like absolutely epic. Like they got Pokemon Pinball, Ruby and Sapphire, which is great. And a Golden Sun and uh, Mario Luigi Superstar Saga. And, and on and on and on. So that could be huge because the Game Boy Advance doesn't get enough credit for all that it brought. It had an incredible amount of games, including Advance Wars and so many others. So if this is true, if this is being brought over, it will be awesome. And there are so many, uh, and some of the ones that have been rumored are Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, Wait, Kingdom Hearts Chain of did Memories. You say, did you say Advance Wars? Because you can't bring Advance Wars over. We all know that. Why is it too advanced? Oh, it's it's Advance Wars. I mean, they they're, they're not releasing it on the Switch. Why would they release it on the Game Boy? 
<laughs> I see the joke. Well played. <laughs> well played. Anyway, uh, the ones that they were rumored for are Final of Sacred Stones, Kingdom Hearts, Chain of Memories, which I maintain is one of the best Kingdom Hearts games. Fight me, fight me, fool. Uh, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Pokemon Pinball, and so many more. So, and of course, and there's also rumors about Super Mario Land, Link's Awakening DS, and more. So, hopefully, this is true because it will bolster. Because honestly, if we're being honest, really, really honest here. Uh, while the Switch Online has gotten better, they still need to add, like, so many more games. Like, especially when you compare it to Xbox Game Pass and even PS Now, um, they're they're very much lagging behind. And again, the other services are bringing in modern games, or this one's bringing in, you know, older generational games. So they they need to bolster what they got. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo's service is very different than the other companies and i think the other companies are probably offering definitely offering better value for 99.9 percent of gamers but nintendo is providing you a retro gaming service it's they're not i think that it's it's important to recognize the key difference in those products like it's not a one-to-one comparison no that's, that's fair that's fair all right next up we have okay i joked about this one before Apparently, one of the artists for uh, Star Fox Zero on the Wii wants a Switch port of the game. How many ways can we say no? <laughs> I mean, I think I'm the only person that actually has, has played Star Fox Zero, and the well, idea has. He's been bashing it so much that he he made it. <laughs> right, Todd? No. Oh. Uh, what you, you didn't uh, play it, but you were I bashing didn't... it? Yes. Well, I have that habit. I am the host, after all. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I've been criticized many times for this, and, no. and you, you come in and, and you skip away like nothing's wrong. Yeah. You could, you could, you could say I dodged it like a barrel roll. Uh, anywho, regarding to this story, yeah, like the fact that you want to bring Star Fox Zero to the Switch, like. If you can do it with the, the, the whole motion control focus aspect of it all, then maybe. But the, like again, just recalling how much it was a focus on the original video is just like, uh, can they even do that? And again, this thing was—I think that was probably one of the last pro- the last recent project uh, overseen by Shigeru Miyamoto. So, can it? Can it not? Ugh. Like I was fine with the visuals, like the the ultra furriness. I like I thought that was actually really cool. Right, and, right, right, right. But the the gameplay just wasn't working. They tried to like overcomplicate between putting having the 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 R wing and then the chicken robot and the tank. Um, and then of course the motion controls just weren't what they should have been. The plot was basically Star Fox sixty four re- remastered or whatever, but they called it Star Fox Zero. Um, they just, they don't need a port. They just need to make an actual good Star Fox game. Something we've talked about at length on this podcast, including my idea of having an online mode called Star Fox versus Star Wolf. You know, screw the ports, go right for the new game, and then make people believe in Star Fox again. Because this was, at one time, one of their best franchises. And we haven't had a good title since Assault. Or maybe Command, depending on how you look at it. But we need a new Star Fox game to make people understand why this is special once upon a time and then take it into a new direction heck make it about star fox's kid i don't care just don't do star <laughs> fox zero I, I i do agree with that ultimately but i will say if they were to port star fox zero over and say they out the motion controlled stuff and they came up with a new system that worked 
maybe this would be better than we think it is. However, the Star Fox series is in such jeopardy as it is, you know, on their their final strike at this point, you know, and they have to get it right. So if they put out Star Fox Zero, an already rising game, I don't think that makes a lot of sense to be their their final chance at, at bringing Star Fox back. And I think, because I was actually thinking about this thing, because, like, why is it, like, we're not getting, like, these new ideas? I think it's because, like, I think it's going to investors, because investors, they don't want to take the risk. Uh, that's what I feel like. And especially we're going to, like, a, a very, I won't, I won't say niche as well, niche, a niche IP, but, like, it is starting to become to that point that uh, it's becoming that forbidden IP, like F-Zero, like, and now Star Fox. It's just, like, you don't want to do anything to it just because, like, We've done enough damage. Like, do you want to take that one more last shot, or and risk it being down in the gray forever, or reach for the stars? It's just like it's definitely that question. It be it investors or not, like, do you want to take that risk, or like stick to that old trend for true fashion of not doing it? So I, I don't. That that was that was the question I was thinking. Yeah. I I don't want it to go too off topic here, but this reminds me of something I saw earlier today. There's a problem when companies of all natures not just video games don't do something because they're afraid of the risk all right there's like a there's like a kind of a crisis going on in the animation world right now between not just the lack of pay that they're giving these people but if you recall the oscars where wanda sykes and amy schumer were saying that animation animated movies are only for kids and now netflix not only with their own anime controversies has apparently released a report saying that they're only going to do animation projects that are like the boss baby because that one gets numbers, and that's the only thing they care about. That's bad. Okay? Uh... Like, imagine where we, if we, where we would be if we only had animation projects like the Boss Baby, or we only had video game projects that were ports or remasters. Where's the fun in that? Where's the creativity? Yes, there are things that deserve remasters, like say a Chrono Cross or a Live Alive. You know, something, something that ha- that needs it to be respected in the modern day. But if you're afraid to take a risk and think, oh, let's just port it, that's sad. And that shows that you're losing faith. And if you lose faith, and what are we supposed to think? All right? So that's why I, that's another reason I don't want that port, because I'd rather them just go say, hey, let's buckle down. Let's redo Star Fox. Let's make it enjoyable again. They have the console to do it. They could make it feel so awesome with the mobility of the of the Switch. With, in handheld mode, they could make it work very, very well. They just gotta believe in it, and if they aren't, if they're at the point where they just don't believe in it, then that's sad, because Star Fox is awesome. Yeah, that it is. Or, or like, I don't know, there's just one idea like, what they have, like, um, what Square Enix and also other companies have been doing. Like, again, take a fan survey. Like, ask them what do you want in a Star Fox game. Get the yeah. ideas. Read the forums. Like, you'd be surprised, like, how many, like, uh, like the fans, uh, like the the fandom has many different ideas for a po- a possible new Star Fox game. So, yeah. like, the, it's definitely the ideas are out there. It's just like, again, do, do you have the capital to take the risk? And like, is that demand still there even after the the falls of of zero? So yeah. Or bold idea, just hire me. Dang. <laughs> I'm available. I'm not really available. I have to quit a lot of jobs to work on a full-time Star Fox project, but I would do that for you, Nintendo. I would do that for you, okay? So, well, I, I'm not saying that this artist is wrong for for wanting to have this poor. Clearly, the game meant something to them, but 
the critical reception, the sales was horrible. Right. Why would you want to port? This wasn't a Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze scenario or uh, or Mario Kart 8 scenario where it just, because of the Wii U, it didn't get a lot of sales. This was a not well-made game. And you need to, if you need to burn it to the ground and rebuild something from it, go ahead. You've done that before with certain franchises. And it's worked out very, very well, including Metroid and Donkey Kong. So... Do that with Star Fox. Maybe it's time. Right, right. Perhaps it is. Like you gotta go. You gotta burn it all down. Just like build it ground up again and see yeah. what sticks. Yeah, yeah. And you got. And, and in the wise words of the Joker, not about the money. It's about sending a message. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so for for our next original thought, let's go to Tyler. Uh, yes, very exciting news in the Sonics. It's a great time to be a Sonic fan. You're not even going to mention the segue? That was <laughs> golden. That was golden. Come well, on. I mean, I'm just, um, can, listen, it was golden, and then you interrupted it to pat yourself on the back. You you blew the bridge down. I took the pass in rhythm for uh-huh. three, and then, uh-huh. like, you blocked my shot, and you were on my team. Yeah. I mean, just fascinating decision-making. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, that's why I'm the host. Better than John Morant tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so Sonic Origins, I think they announced this during last summer's like Sonic Fest, and they said it was coming out early this year. Did not happen, but we finally got a release date. It's coming out in June. I believe it was June 23rd, but I'm not 100%. Let me, let me look that up for you real quick. But uh, this game contains Sonic 1, Sonic CD, Sonic 2, Sonic 3. In Sonic 1, you can play as Knuckles and Tails. There's uh, new uh, challenge modes, new battle modes. So there's a lot of content in this game. Uh, it's a little bit overpriced. I think it's it was 40, 40 bucks for just game. And then there's all sorts of yeah. special editions that you can buy. Like yeah, that's It's one very that, confusing. I, I just want to point that out as well because like there was there it was memeing on on Twitter basically now it has the Ubisoft chart. Like yeah, like you can either get the, there is like the the main game, the main physical game, but like the digital packs we're going to like extra DLCs whatsoever that has like. Oh, you have the extra um, stages, all that. I don't know. There, there's a whole big uh, chart regarding to what's included with these uh, different DLC packs, which, like, dang it, Sega, you really are trying to push the whole digital version to the point, aren't you? Because, like, if you get, like, pre-ordered the digital premium edition, I believe, the digital deluxe edition, then, yeah, you pretty much get the majority of all the, the main game plus with the extra extras on it. And, yeah... I don't like it. I just don't like how much, like, I just want to get the base game, but now with all these extra goodies, the DLC packs, you were like, you want me to charge me more? It's like, uh, yeah, it just doesn't sit well with me, personally. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I, I agree with you, it doesn't totally sit great with me either, but ultimately, you can still just buy the base game and have that be that. Like, you'll, you can get what you want to get, and it's cool if they provide you know, different pricing options. I see what they're going for, but it's a kind of a pain to sort through as a as a consumer. Well, maybe you know they'll have a comeback. You know, like the Grizzlies tonight, right, Tyler? That's right. Hey, uh... I won a lot of money on that game. I'm very <laughs> excited. John Morant really tried to sink me. Uh yes, June twenty third. I was right. I should there you have go. Question myself. 
All right, and now we head to our main event because, as we noted, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 broke a trend, a trend that had been truly hurting us for years of delays and setbacks and whatnot. And yet, if you really think about it, there are plenty of titles out there or have, that have come out that honestly could have used the delay, could have used that extra little bit of a something something to make it extra ready for when it launched but they didn't for one reason or another so we are going to talk about games we felt should have been delayed in an intense discussion All right, I'm actually going to give a shout out to our guy, Skull Kid Scott, who said his choice would be Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, I Scott, did that. you kind of missed the point. <laughs> no, game, no, no. That game was delayed for like over a decade. And, and honestly, it, it still could use a bit more delay just because of the Remind DLC. Like, True. That, like, and of course, I'm not sure you, you, you played it, Todd. but like, I have not. Like, But in the, the Frozen Kingdom... That part was clearly missing something. Like, okay, you just break, like don't focus on uh, Elsa, all that, and just like, have a, this random boss of a wolf thing. Isn't that like? There's a whole lot of um, theories going to like if Elsa was supposed to be the boss uh, of that level, but because of Disney, they didn't want to perceive her as like the quote unquote villain. Well, but it's just there was a lot of things in Kingdom Hearts three that. Uh, that was clearly that should have been put more work and that ending of it all like the base ending yeah the base ending of the game if you didn't get the, the dlc it was just like what the heck one Kyrie got got really got the short end of the stick on that ending unless and just like there was, wasn't really much explanation there was the, like it just left the kingdom hearts ending much more uh, confused unless you got the remind dlc which yeah it the, the if they had a bit more time to include a bit more exposition from it, then perhaps it would have been different. But I, I agree with Scott. Like they, they should have more time with that game. Okay. I was going to note he wants to. Will wanted more exposition in Kingdom Hearts. I mean, he wants more exposition. I mean, more than usual. I mean, obviously this is considering the moral. We know he he does horrible in terms in terms of story. Let's look at Origins of Paradise. Yes, that yeah. one was a hard thing. Yeah. Alright, I want to go first because I have a game that should have, arguably, arguably should have been delayed. Not because of quality, per se, but because of backlash. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Okay, okay. Because what was the one thing that everybody was complaining about once the game was released? Graphics? Yep. (laughs) Let's, (laughs) Let's not appreciate this truly groundbreaking Pokemon gameplay. No! Let's complain about the graphics. And to me, at times... Hold on, yeah. hold on. You, sir, I will, on. Not, I will not let you get away with slander. Objection, sir. Of Nintendo fandom like this. They, every, this game had like a 92 on Metacritic. It was beloved. Beloved. People critiqued the graphics, but that was not overshadowing how beloved the game is. It might be the, the most popular game of this year besides Elden Ring. Like, it, it, to, people Horizon? have appreciated it. Horizon is a bust, 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 from what I've heard. Wait, really? That's what I heard. I got, it got good reviews, but everybody I know who played it was like, eh, the first I, one was better. Huh. 
that's uh, that's fascinating. Well, I, and I know that you know. And yes, you're right. It did get a 92, and that's fine. But let's not forget that Star Wars: Last Jedi got a 97, and we all and, know how that and turned out. And it was out. a great movie. No, since <laughs> factually, it was the best Star Wars movie besides Empire. Don't no. God, no, we are not. Do, we are not doing another Snyder cut discussion. Okay, we are not. This, but look, I slandering of the no, people. No, with... okay, hold on. I am not slandering the people. I am stating what I heard. Okay, I heard so many people, both online and on X Play. Frost, who I greatly adore, was braiding this game. And yes, I understand she is just one opinion, but she was not alone in this opinion. People were saying, oh, this looks like it came out of the PS2. X-Play only gave it a 3 out of 5, partly because of the graphics. And they're just like, are we seeing the same thing here? And so I'm not saying that it should have been a long delay, but if they spent like an extra month or two, especially now with what happened with um, Advance Wars, they now had an open spot, spot in April, they could have taken the time just give it a slight graphical boost, not not Elden Ring or Horizon level, obviously, but just enough so that people would shut up about it. Because again, like we all admitted, or sorry, those of us actually played the game admitted, well, uh, this game is incredible. It's so much fun, and yet it was soured in the eyes of many because all they were looking at is the graphics. And I'm just like. The graphics were never meant to be the big thing here, and even then, it still looked beautiful in terms of the Pokemon, the cutscenes, some of the special effects. Yes, the textures on certain uh, environments weren't the best, but that also wasn't their intention. They didn't go the Age of Calamity, where they spent 50% of their dev time on the grass! So, I would not have minded, I would have minded a little, but I would not have minded they took that extra month to upgrade the graphics just a little so that people would have shut up. Because that really hurt me that they were focusing... A lot of people, a lot of people, Tyler, were focusing on the graphics not being as beautiful as they possibly could have been versus appreciating the game that we got. Yeah, see, I don't think that you're you're overinflating the number of people who didn't appreciate the game we got. Like, and that goes back to my my point of the critical and fan reception. But the... um, I do agree. I wish the game had better graphics. I'm not sure if the Switch, this current model, is capable of using like me. Like they could have made Breath of the Wild. You know that was a beautiful game, but it would have been a long delay. So I wouldn't put this on my personal list because they would need to do a whole like engine. They that would be a deep fix. So I don't know. I think it was worth the graphics considering how good the game oh, was. I thought it was worth it. I'm just saying. I didn't want. I hated hearing the complaining. Like, and if this was just, like, one person, like, if I just heard Frost say this, I've been like, okay, Frost didn't like the graphics, that's fine. But I swear, I was seeing, especially right before release, people were saying, in fact, you were saying, Tyler, you were, you saw one of those trailers, and like, this does not look like a beautiful game. I'm like, are we watching the same trailer? It wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. It, 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 it truly wasn't. Like, that's, when you boil it down, if you look, compare it to other games, it is not a great-looking game. The... There are so many things that go into that, in addition to maybe Pokemon team not being used to, you know, developing for consoles yet. COVID, yeah. There's a thousand different reasons why it might not have been as gorgeous as it could have been. Right. But if, if the main event is games that we that we wish got delayed, I I don't know. The, I, let the criticism roll off your back is what I would say. Fair enough. Like uh, the way I'm, I'm feeling, because it seems like from you, Tyler, like you kind of want like a uh, Pokemon Arceus to be something similar to like what we got with uh, Scarlet and Violet, in a sense. You want in, in, in terms of yeah, graphics? Yeah, yeah, I think Scarlet and Violet look great. Uh, I loved 
Pokemon Legends Arceus. That is my favorite of the year so far. Like, it, it, it was, it's in my top five Switch games of all time. Like, I would not, again, like, I, I did not like the graphics, but I, I didn't think that they were so bad that it took away from how revolutionary the game was and how Same. much fresh life it pumped in, in, into the Pokemon series. And I think most people felt that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, all right, then Tyler, what game do you personally feel should have gotten a delay to allow it to be so, better than when it launched? This isn't fair. Rihanna, we're mid podcast. I don't know if you guys are on the spot. <laughs> Take a guess. Take a guess. Mario Tennis Aces. Answer. No, <laughs> no, Mario Tennis Aces. It's um, it's it. Give me a genre. Platformer. Oh, uh, Mario Odyssey. No, okay, interesting answer. Sonic 06. Oh, is... come on! Are you kidding really? me? Yes. You gotta go for that? For that did group? that even come out on Nintendo systems? No, but, oh yeah, it did, yeah, it did. It came out on, I think it was on Wii. But, uh, regardless, it's Sonic, and I'm in a Sonic mood, so I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> okay, oh, gosh. okay. And he that... complained about my answer. <laughs> well, your answer doesn't make sense. You said a great game. To that, that you wish that more people was great, even though ninety eight percent of the people thought it was great. Anyway, okay. First of all, you went from ninty two to ninety eight. So nice I, there, no, Tyler. no, no. It was a different. It was different categories. What was uh-huh. the Metacritic score? And the other was what percentage of fans enjoyed the game? And I would uh-huh. say ninety eight percent of Pokemon. Anyway. Yeah, and so your is your counter is to go to a game that zero percent of people liked. Yeah, because if it got delayed, maybe it would have been better, and more people would have liked it. Isn't that the point of the exercise? Anyway, I'm going to explain <laughs> why. Because Sonic the Hedgehog, it's the greatest franchise of all time. No, it's the greatest IP ever. Sonic no. is the greatest character ever. No, these things are all facts. No, Sonic goes. <laughs> Sonic goes six was. The way the character evolved over the years from like a a 2D sprite with attitude and like a edge to like a kind of cocky, like 12 year old with a heart of gold. And in Sonic 06, Sonic kind of matures into like this like kind of like young man almost. Like this story got way too serious, and that was a major problem with with the games. But I do miss that where Sonic had. His friends involved in his games, Tails and Knuckles, are great. They should be in more games. I love playing as Team Dark and Sonic Heroes. They cut so much of that stuff out. So much, so much of that GameCube adventure era charm died with Sonic 06 because that game was so terrible and so horribly received that Nintendo said, that's it, we're just going to scrap this. No more playable Tails, none of that stuff. It's just Sonic, Boost, Formula, that's what we're sticking with. And if 06 was better... I think the franchise would never have hit the lows that it did. I mean, factually, 06 was just an all-time low point. And maybe there wouldn't have been this missing gap of people uh, in Sonic's fandom because the movies are bringing them to a younger audience. People like me grew up with them. We love them. But there's that middle group of people who I don't think ever really understand how awesome that franchise was, and, and I wish that 06 got delayed. So that never happened. You're still Sonic Bangers. Yeah, I, look, I, objectively, I understand why you're saying this because even I remember how bad that game was and how, it, how bad it was received. I remember it got one out of five on X Play, and Adam Sessler just like ripped it a new one. And then there was the whole love story between Sonic and that human princess lady or whatever. And it's yeah, like, it That's was just the thing. The weird, yeah. Just bad adventure era, adventure era storytelling got to a it's logical and bad conclusion. Like the stories in Adventure and Adventure Two were so campy, 
and but they had like a little serious edge to them that's kind of thrilling as a kid. Oh six just like tried way to the writers thought they were way better writers than they actually were. You you didn't I don't I don't think you watched this, but on the last episode of the Death Battle cast, they actually ranked just about every Sonic game ever. And one of their debates was what was the worst game, Sonic 06 or Sonic 06 or Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh like yeah, what's what's even worse trash and they i think they went with shadow because there apparently were a few few good elements of sonic 06 but uh yeah that's that's how bad it got uh, funny enough i actually was doing a little research on shadow the hedgehog and yeah just comp- yes 06 at least had some things going on a little bit like it had, it had, they were on the right path, but again, due to developmental issues, then yeah, you can see the glaring flags. Of course, like the glitches, the phasing through the environments and all of that. While Shadow the Hedgehog is just again like the the the, the 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 makers themselves thought this is what American kids want. They want Shadow with a gun. Yeah, like. They always, they never understood in, in Sega of Japan why Sonic was popular. Everything about Sonic that was popular came from Sega of america sega of japan wanted him to have a girlfriend named madonna it's like cart Wait. like giant cartoon chest and stuff like, <laughs> Wait, they, what? yes that's 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 they they truly thought ed sonic needed to like play in a band and like he needed to be like they, they didn't understand what american audiences would like how to make the character resonate with. I, i'm and, just trying to get over the fact that they wanted to call her madonna like, yeah, yeah, no, they really? just was like pop culture icon in America. Boom, they that shows you like that was their thought process. It really was that basic. Wow. And it, Sega of America had to like go to war to win all of these personality battles, uh, in like how they wanted Sonic to sound, how they wanted him to look, how they wanted himself, all that stuff. And once uh, uh the Sega of Japan kind of t- put their foot down at the end of the day. Just the character kind of got lost. People stopped understanding why he was so beloved. And that is why the movies are the greatest thing ever. Because they understand why he's so beloved. And they're bringing that love to a new generation of kids who are going to be telling their people when they're listening to their podcast 20 years from now about how awesome Sonic was. Yeah, yeah then. Will, okay. try and top that. <laughs> and don't say Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> or Sakakagura. <laughs> okay okay like i'm not gonna also gonna go for the whole mo- the lowest hanging fruit which is obviously cyberpunk 20 yeah 2027 obviously you got that but yeah this one is, is gonna be definitely a more personal choice for me because like i honestly thought that like this would definitely be it, it's still good in its own right but it obviously feels like there were definitely some things they could have had more extra time on, and even the creator himself also said so himself that we just ran simply ran out of time. And the game I'm talking about is indeed my my favorite niche love, uh, No More Heroes Three. So really, yes. So if you have played the game, you know what I'll be talking about because, like, if you have check out like the, the environmental world, the mapping, you do notice that there are major areas that basically like marked it as X, completely red line crossed out. That even Suda Fetikbon himself said that this was supposedly meant to be developed on, like extra lands and all that. But unfortunately, time constraints and all that, and of course, uh, Grasshopper Factory is still generally a small team. They can't really do much about it. So, so unfortunately, they had to cut corners. Secondly, is we're going to the, the other characters of Shinobu and Bad Girl. Like, do- Shinobu 
one of the most kick butt characters out there in the Noble Heroes universe. And if you know what happens to Shinobu, it's just kind of disappointing what what they have. They basically benched her because they really. Sudafed once said that he wants to expand upon Shinobu's character and just like have a play a bigger role in the story. But alas, lo and behold, not enough time, not enough things to do, unfortunately. And of course, Bad Girl, which if you know Bad Girl's history, is just. Yeah, she 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 was basically the, the the last major bit in the 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 bridge the the bridge game of uh Travis Strikes again. Like yeah, Shinobu and Batgirl were were clearly supposed to have roles in No More Heroes three, but again, the, the, back to the main problem, just not enough time. So unfortunately, they had to cut corners, and they only had to be a bit of a, a have a, play a small part in the ending of No More Heroes three, which. Unfortunately, it's just kind of sad. Even um, Matt, Matt McMuscle has also kind of said as well that, yeah, Shinobu is just such a, a kick butt character. I want to see her grow, like, be strong, like, have a play a bigger role in just simply being benched. But sadly, she was. So it's just kind of sad. Like, like don't get me wrong, I do love how uh, Suda 51 just developed this insanity of his world, of like the, the story and all that. Because again, it, it's just top-notch suit of 51 but the fact that one just didn't have enough time and or basically not enough budget to exp- to basically smooth out the the graphical issues and just expand on the story like really flush out these characters that clearly should have more time in the main game but it just wasn't simply meant to be so yeah just, just long story short it's just like if i feel that no more heroes 3 had a bit more time in the oven because we even knew like the, the game itself is just like everybody wanted because again no more heroes 1 2 was such, such great titles like niche uh, renowned titles but now with this it's just yeah i, I kind of wish that no more heroes 3 had a bit more time in the oven to to work out the kinks and especially with the story so yeah that's just my choice no more heroes 3 interesting because i haven't played the game i honestly uh didn't know about that but that that makes me sad and i know part of it is unavoidable in terms of maybe not having the budget especially if you don't have a super backer like nintendo or sony or microsoft because obviously indie games have that problem where they would love to go as big as possible but they have to work within the confines of a budget whereas other ones uh other major titles they should have that freedom as long as they don't go truly overboard to have all the time that they need because imagine a cyberpunk or a no man's sky or certain other games where they actually were allowed to truly make the game finish the game even halo had these problems i talked about this a couple months back after i saw that x-play video that they did where they honestly rushed some of the games because of everything that was going on with microsoft and them and that's why halo went from hey this is a one-off title to hey this is gonna be a three just gonna be a trilogy oh wait no it's not and now here we are with halo infinite and the halo tv series which apparently is not good right, right and so right, on right. and so forth that was never intended but and they had to rush to get to where they got and so that makes me sad because you know crunch is horrible it destroys people and companies and we've saw the reaction with this with, with naughty dog and blizzard activision and EA, where they're like they're forcing them to get the games done, and, and it's you know it's really hurting people, but they don't care because they want to get the game out and make as much money right. as possible, even if the game is freaking broken. Right, right. Again, that is just regard to how publishers we have to go. Unfortunately, they have to satisfy investors. Like, no, we we need this game right now. Like, satisfy the stockholders and all that. Which, again, it, it's 
it, it, in that frame, it's definitely definitely just kind of scummy that you want to satisfy investors and not your consumers. Which, again, loan the whole argument. Yes, yes, it's a business. They have to make to make people happy. Yada yada yada. But yeah, like th- that's kind of one thing. Like that's the the main consistent argument is like, do you want to have this? have games as a legitimate art form to be reviewed as such or you just want to like make a simple product and like make 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 and just be satisfied and all that yeah all well, right on no more heroes i do i have a question for will as a somebody who was on the fence about getting one and two when they released those and then i probably would have gotten three if i got those i feel that the reason that the series isn't as big as it could be is because the art style clashes with the price point like those games are expensive. They're like forty bucks. I thought it was going to be like an eight dollar budget title, and like the visuals are cool, but they don't scream forty dollar quality. And I think that that's probably misleading and not actually like I think the games probably are. I haven't played them, but uh, what do you think? Do you think that there's any truth to that? Well, I mean, there, it definitely is a valid argument. Granted, I mean, even back to your, on the original Wii, uh, yeah, the first No More Heroes, like I think that game itself did sold for I think at at fifty dollars, refer to give or take, and this the whole art style, like, it's I won't really call it a budget title to say the least. I mean, granted, it does has that aesthetic because one the whole cel shaded thing and all that, and just like one, it is grasshopper manufacturers. It, it they're not known. To be uh, high budgeted, like other pub- other developers, but they're they're not also bad as well. So, in regards to the the price point of like the the Wii the the Switch uh, re release, it's just I guess it, I I, get, I understand why it'd be a bit too much. I mean, it's not like a whole budget title like I don't know like another like niche titles like Seven Kagura or Oni Shambada like those other budget titles. You know, like B grade schlock yeah, yeah. and all that. Sure, but no more heroes is it was like a thirty dollar or like even thirty for this kind of price. I think it's much more worth it. But the forty dollars, I, I guess I can understand like why you would think that way. So, but personally for me, I think it's well worth the money just because it is the experience. Do you want? You want? Yeah, from Super yeah. I'm not. One. I'm not even trying to poo poo the games at all, and I'm not even trying. Like, I'm not even trying to say the art style is is bad. I just think it it it's a weird kind of ash that in order to fulfill Pseudo's fifty ones, and you kind of inherently suffer lower sales just based on all the, the art style match with the quality of the sure, game. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, unfor- like, uh, there is news as well, like, just briefly, because like, unfortunately, the Switch uh, re-release uh, on for No More Heroes 1 and 2, unfortunately, there were some things that had to be cut, and granted, it, the, the motion control of it all, like, it doesn't really translate, unfortunately. I, I, like, this comes from experience, and like, if you get a chance to definitely get the Wii version, because, again, the Wiimote was built perfectly for it. Sure, the graphic fidelity is is uh, cut down, but you still it, it's basically the pure experience you want from it. So if if by chance to, if you want to get No More Heroes 1 and 2, I highly suggest getting the, the original Wii version. And, yeah, that's a good, yeah. and another thing about this is the fact that sometimes when you rush development, kind of hurt the intent that you were trying to get with the game and a good example of this going back to the wii is red steel because that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that was the game that was supposed to be really highlighting the motion controls having something special with the gunplay and the sword play and at times it kind of worked and other times it really kind of didn't and so that kind of soured people because it's like if this is 
all they could do, you know, at the launch of the console, can they really get better over time? The answer was obviously yes, they did well enough, but like that was supposed to be one of their titles to say like, hey, this is the power of the motion controls, and they clearly rushed it out because the game wasn't the best looking, it didn't play the best, it was hard with the motion controls, and even though they did yes, a sequel yeah. that was slightly better, it still never made it to the level that they, that they were promising. So, you know, that one could have used more time as well. Granted, granted, yeah. I remember the time of Red Steel, and yeah, the first game was clearly, clearly was very rough. Like, the swordplay, very rough. But I, I don't know. In my opinion, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Red Steel too. It, it was definitely much more improved just because of the whole uh, Wii Motion Plus and all that, and gunplay. So, yeah, I agree. It definitely could use more time in the, in, in the first game, yes. Imagine if they had the Wii Motion Plus at the beginning of the console. Like, that would be much more better. Yes. Yeah, think yes, about yes. all the improvements and the and again, it's ironic to say because the the Wii was the second best selling console in Nintendo history. Uh, again, that doesn't count the handhelds, obviously. But you know, you know, there was still that perception of you know there are some games that worked well with the motion controls like Wii Sports, and then there was ones like Red Steel or even the Zelda games to a certain extent, and other ones that kind of just like phoned it in or didn't even use the motion controls at all because they'd rather just use it as a regular controller. And you have to wonder how much how much better it would have been if we just had the Wii Motion Plus at the start instead of, oh yeah, let's find a way to make it even better now. So, oh well. And don't, don't even get me started on the Kinect. Uh... <laughs> There's something that needed more time. The only game that only worked, that honestly worked awesome on the Kinect was Just Dance. Because that's yes. a game that's truly built for it. Like, that one embraced it in the best ways possible, and other games, not so much. And, and yeah, I, I'll give it props to that one, because, like, they, they did give us one of the best meme source games ever, which is uh, Star Wars Connect, especially oh, with that whole parody song of Han Solo. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, any other shout-outs for games that should have gotten delayed? Uh... Not nothing no, else. I mean, really. like obviously, like there are other games like the Cyberpunk and all that, but like I don't. Oh, oh, e- yeah. One very easily good like uh, game that clearly should have been been delayed, or if not ever be released. Duke Nukem Forever. Oh God, that game should have uh, been in the oven for a longer time and not be released. And in state yeah. that it is. <laughs> yeah. I got one that'll upset Tyler. Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh! You can't I mean, tell me. me. You, you can't tell me that a few extra months Listen, would have made that control scheme better. Your first answer was so bad that I'm not surprised <laughs> that your second answer was even worse. You can't deny that a lot of people complained about that control scheme. They had to make an adapter to no, try and make no, it I less. See, here's there's this, this. We've been doing this podcast a long time, and I've uh-huh. never said this. Here we go. I've never put it in such basic terms. Uh-huh. But to me, I just don't care what other people say. <laughs> like I just don't care. Like I love that controls. I agree. People say for the left hand person, I, I with them, I sympathize. Like they actually had to release another like extension to put on the side of the DS, like ridiculous thing, so people so lefties could play that. I agree. That was not right. But I don't think game delay would have fixed that. You don't know. No, no. Sakurai has talked about He's defended the control scheme. Like, he continues to defend the control. (laughs) That was the control scheme that he wanted for that game. (laughs) It's like, please understand, your hands will cramp. And righties with hands that are normal to, to small size, which mine are certainly normal, not small, not medium small. 
normal hands I have for sure. But <laughs> for me, it was easy. My hands cramped. And so it was great. God. And, and, and I know that a lot of people had that complaint. So I'm just, I'm just saying we could, we could, you could have fixed the control scheme. And if Sakurai, <laughs> and if you, if, if Sakurai is the reason that didn't happen, this is one of the rare times where Sakurai was wrong. So please, and before we wrap up, I just say one more game. I feel like I actually could use a bit more time, and this is maybe controversial. I would argue Fire Emblem Three Houses actually, because yeah, more capacity. Because I feel like one is regarded in regards to the story in regards just oh, because like that it like there are obviously a lot of like holes, especially we're going to like the silver silver snow route and yes. like all that. Like obviously and Edelgard's route and Edelgard's route. Like flower was very short. Yes, yes, it was definitely that. So like obviously one story wise clearly could have been improved as well regards to like graphics, graphic well graphics or gameplay wise as well. So it feels like definitely if they use a bit more improvement on that I'll, side. I'll as well. agree on the story side because and I know this in my this is my review. They did exposition to talk about what happened after you defeated whoever was on your path. Mm, 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 right, 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 right. Like with uh, Dimitri, it's oh they found Rhea in a dungeon within Edelgard's castle and they you know restored her to power. I'm like I would have liked to see that interaction because you know we kind of went a long time without seeing Rhea and it's like oh yeah we found her in the dungeon she's fine. Like can I see her like that 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 would be nice. So yeah I, I agree that that one could have used that a little bit more to give that story a, a much better ending for the various paths. So yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. So. It just got delayed so much that I was ready to have it. Like, I, that, <laughs> I, I, I like the answer, and I, I kind of agree with it. I think if it was a two-month delay again, that might have been worth it, but I wouldn't have wanted to wait six more months for them to add three more chapters. Alright. And with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Rain Team the podcast. The Tyler! Yes, last week we asked you what you thought of the Sonic movie, and not surprisingly, every single person had positive feedback. 85% loving it, and 15% liking it. 15%, I respect you, you're wrong. I respect you, you, but you're wrong. I also want to note, Tyler, just in case you had any lingering thoughts, I did not vote. because Because I have not seen the movie. You have so. seen, yes. I, I thought you might have tanked it with a liked it. Oh, vote, so. I, I, was, I was tempted. I was so tempted. But I'm like, you know, it's, he's going he's gonna to call me out if I admit that I was there. Todd, but... if there was one vote for Matt or didn't like it, I would have thought it was you. For exactly. Me, so you See? <laughs> the fix is in. Yeah, I actually would have thought it was you. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, for this poll, I want to actually build off of what we've just talked about so what one we'll pick four games for what we talked about what ones do you at home feel should have been delayed more to get a better quality result what four should we pick you know i don't know if this is conducive to a poll honestly i think they should okay, just write fine. us be that way yeah fine uh I was going to say, well, are you happy about moving up Xenoblade's release date? Well, obviously you are, because it means you get the game. Fine, no poll this week. Be that yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Fair Fine. enough, fair enough. Yeah. Still, let us know what you thought about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and how it is getting a early release date, as well as the new story trailer that we got. Were you one of the people who bought Shin Megami Tensei Five to get it over the million uh, mark? Are you hopeful that we're going to get Game Boy Advance games on Nintendo Switch Online? And what do you think about Sonic Origins? Let us know in the comments below. So, for Tellius Tyler and Wario Will, I am Triforce Todd, and ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level, so raise the flag. Mm-hmm.
Thank you.